Hey you guys, thanks again for coming back to the second season of A Slut with Morals. I'm your host, Ruby. You can follow my Twitter, my Instagram, and the Facebook page at A Slut with Morals. If you have any questions, you can email me at aslutwithmorals at gmail.com. And if you want to follow the Tiki Talk, that's also A Slut with Morals podcast. Um, so today we're going to be talking about Marilyn Monroe's murder or suicide. Um, I'm sorry, Marilyn Monroe's suicide slash alleged murder. It's so funny because I have to keep saying allegedly so I don't get sued. Like, that's that's the number one reason I have to keep saying that. Um, Marilyn Monroe was and is known as one of the most iconic sex symbols in America in the 50s and 60s. And she has made such a huge impact on the female... Uh, sexual movement and uh, not many people know this but Marilyn Monroe once admitted to never having an orgasm (sighs) I know right she was like the very first centerfold in Playboy magazine and she never had an orgasm so like if she did off herself I kind of get it Um, but first so as this is still a relationship type of podcast I just want to catch you up on the dating life uh well the horrendous dating life that I've had um which is my life um a week or three ago because whenever I start you know um recording these things this time has passed you guys this this stuff doesn't happen like right away and then I just like start podcasting about it this is stuff that happens and then I podcast about it like after weeks after it's happened um so a week or three ago I went on a date with this guy named rhymes with Gordon and it's not the original Jordan fuck So um, if you guys follow me on any social media platforms, this is the motorcycle guy. (sighs) Yeah. Um, After that date, it was pretty much fucking hell. Um, I downloaded this buzzer thing on my phone and um, I'm just, I'm just going to play like a little bit of. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's that's enough. That's enough. Um, So. (laughs) Uh, this is both bizarre and embarrassing for me to admit. So um, our very first date, we he we went on this ride on this motorcycle, and it was so great. Like, I remember I showed up, um, I got dressed at his place, and then he was like, okay. And he hands me his helmet, and we went on this ride, and we, like, oversaw all of these lakes, and it was really like fucking romantic like the lights of the city like you could see my fucking hospital from like you know like overlooking this lake and um and I couldn't help but think like holy shit you know like this guy could be like it for me like tatted uh had a motorcycle he was funny he was kind he was sweet and um and I was really thinking like oh my god like this could be it for me you know And, um, and boy, was I fucking wrong. Uh, so on the second day I head over there, I got my denim jacket on. I put my high heels on because this way it's easier for me to like throw my leg over the bike to get behind him. Um, cause the first time I was wearing sneakers. And so that was like, I had to jump a little bit every time that I like threw my leg over. Cause I'm so fucking short. I'm four eleven and a half. and a half for those of you that don't know. 
So I get on his, um, you, you know, I go over there, I come over and he has his twin girls there. And I met his kid on the second date. So his place is a mess. His kids are crying because I'm a stranger. And then he's like yelling at them. Um, he's trying to get them to sleep, which he sucks at because he only sees them like once every other weekend. And then like, that's, you know, that's very admirable, like, because he's trying, but if you have your kids over and you know, you're not going to be able to do anything, why did you invite someone over? Right? Like that's, that's weird to me. Like I would never tell a guy to come over if I knew I was going to be super like, busy with my kids and not being able to pay attention to the person that came over and then just making them feel awkward. Cause like the kids are crying and all you're doing is like fucking yelling at them. And it's like, what in the fuck? Um, so then like, fuck, Jesus Christ. Uh, so as soon as we get the kids settled down, he looks at me and says something along the lines of, I know you really like me, but I have to tell you, I don't know what I want, but why do you like me though? Like why? Um, I'm not really right. Um, he's like, I'm not really looking and I just don't want to lead you on. And when he said that, I kind of like, I kind of got this feeling like, uh, uh, um, so if you don't know, um, if y'all don't know this, but people tend to kind of, uh, well, they need that like certain hype when something is missing or they're kind of lost, or they just lost someone that they were wanting, um, or they're on the rebound, which I don't care, but y'all know red flags for me aren't red flags. They're fucking deal breakers. So back to it. Um, so I let him know that he has, you know, like good vibes. Like he was very sweet. He was very funny. And I left out that, um, I was kind of mostly there for the bike ride. Like I got, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Like I got fucking addicted. Like now I need my own bike. Like I've already, like I drive a stick shift, and everyone that I've been talking to, they're like, well, it's pretty much the same thing. Now you just have to like use your hands instead of, you know, your feet. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of, it's going to be a weird transition. Um, so anyways, uh, the kids are finally asleep. We're kind of making out. And he tells me that he thinks I'm so beautiful. And I kind of, you know, um, feel that he's holding something back. So I just check my phone and I see a message from my ex that he's dropping off the kids soon. And at that crazy moment, his kids started crying too. So I dip out and I fly because I live 30 minutes away, which uh, different area codes is better for me. So I do my thing, get my kids to sleep. And around one o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call and it's him. He starts asking me again, like why I like him. Then, um, then he keeps going back to like, he doesn't know what he wants. And then y'all get ready to go oof because his ADD is everywhere it is worse than mine, but get ready for this, okay? Are y'all ready? He tells me he would never listen to my podcast. Yeah, so get ready to facepalm. He tells me that he that there's another girl he's talking to, and he doesn't know who to pick between because he likes us both, but he likes that I answer my phone at night and I can actually talk to him like when his fucking ADD is going everywhere and he needs someone to talk to. Um, yeah, you guys can go ahead and face palm because that was me. Um, but honey, let me tell you how fast I let him know that, um, that to go ahead and choose the other girl because I will never compete with another woman. I will never put myself in the situation to be trailed, you know, trailed along and not be someone's first choice. 
And that's the morals part of this podcaster. I will never allow myself to be compared to another woman. And I will not ever be the reason a man leaves his woman. And I will not be made to feel insecure ever over some fucking idiot that doesn't take his fucking meds. You know? Hold on. Let me go ahead and... Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I get off the phone with him and I roll over and pass out. And so we text on and off the next week. Um, I go over after work one night after he's told me that he doesn't talk to that other girl anymore. Um, We do the adult dance. He's texting me the following week and I don't really respond. He calls me. I answer. Then on September 3rd, he messages me. Hey, darling, I miss you. I don't get a chance to text him back until Friday the 4th. And on the 6th, I took my kids, my kiddo out for her birthday, got home around 9 p.m. And I'm on Facebook and his story is the first one on my feed. It's him and some chick and they're getting ice cream. And then they went all the way to Oklahoma on his motorcycle and he met her entire family. And then he called her my girlfriend on his story. (laughs) Which just kind of... Ooh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I swear to God, I cannot make this shit up. Uh, Also, update on Steven from the last episode. Uh, If you guys follow my Instagram, I had already talked about Steven. If you guys follow my Twitter, also already talked about Steven. Uh, But from the last episode, he matched again with me on Bumble. But then he gave me nothing but one-word answers after I messaged him first. Uh... Talked to him again the other day, and it was actually a drunk text that I had sent the night before, and I told him he deserves someone to treat him the way he deserves, and he said he hopes to find it soon. And I said I could have been that person, and he said that I could not. I asked why, and he said because he was genuinely nice to me, and I rejected him. And I said I knew, but that was due to, like, my health concerns. I wasn't really dealing with the way I should have. You know, I was messed up and I didn't know how to react to the news that I was a 26-year-old single mom with a tumor. Um, And I dealt with it the best, you know, like the best way I could. And that was by drinking because I was going through it alone. Like I I didn't tell any of my family. I still haven't. Um, I told a few friends that are in like nurses at work, you know. Um, and But there's only so many times that you can apologize to someone and let them know, you know, and, and like, I even told him, I said, you know, I would never hurt you nor be mean to you on purpose. I told him I adored him and that I, and then I just unmatched with him. Um, if he ends up forgiving me, he knows how to reach out to me. I can't make someone want me, love me or forgive me. It has to come from their heart. You know, like I learned that and I tend, I I learned that I tend to over apologize and I have to stop doing that. I mean, we're all learning how to be better people, right? Like, every day, we're just learning how to be better people. So let go and let God, right? And uh, Stephen, if you're listening, I really do wish you all the happiness and success in your own podcast. You're an amazing person, teacher, friend. I will always rematch if you swipe on me, but I will never reach out again. Uh, Just know I think nothing but good things about you. And it was, honestly, it was such a pleasure knowing you. Um, But okay, Let's move on to our sex goddess, the lovely Marilyn Monroe. Monroe was born Norma Jean Mortensen on June 1st, 1926 in Los Angeles, California. She, this is kind of her backstory. She unfortunately grew up in foster homes and in an orphanage for a few years um, because her mom had mental health issues. And, uh, you know, Monroe 
fortunately ended up growing up with a couple that, but they had to give her back when her foster dad got a job on the East Coast. Um, so at age seven, she went back to foster care system. At age 11, she was raped. And by age 15, she had already dropped out of high school. Um, at age 16, she figured the best way out of the system was to marry her Marine boyfriend, Jimmy Doherty, in 1946. Marilyn never knew her dad, and her mother had a paranoid schizophrenia. Marilyn once stated that one of her earliest memories of her mother was trying her mom trying to, like, smother her with a pillow. Her mother was eventually placed in a mental institution when Marilyn was young, and when Marilyn's husband was deployed to the South Pacific, she started working in a munitions factory in Van Nuys, uh, California, and it was there that she was discovered by a photographer. And by the time that her husband came back in 1946, Monroe was a successful model. I mean, I don't really know how successful you could have been in the fucking 40s. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like back then everyone was kind of doing that. Like, everyone was in a picture or everyone – and by picture, I mean like a film. Or everyone was in an ad somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, but she was successful. Um, that same year, she signed her first movie – uh, her first movie contract, she divorced her husband, Dirty, and when he was asked about Monroe later on in his life, he said, I never knew Marilyn Monroe, and I don't claim to have any insights to her to this day. I knew and I loved Norma Jean. Which is slightly chilling, because I feel like that's how my ex-husband feels about me, kind of like, I never knew Ruby May, the slut with morals, I only knew Ruby. Um, but let's continue to our goddess. In 1954, Monroe married baseball player Joe DiMaggio, but they were only married for nine months. Uh, when she married DiMaggio, she started having an affair with her um, with Arthur Miller, who she then married, and her this was like her longest marriage. Um, playwright Arthur Miller worked on what would have been her last film, um, The Misfits. They divorced in January of 1961. And in the last few months of her life, Marilyn was allegedly leaving an affair, having an affair, sorry, with both the Kennedy brothers, President John F. Kennedy and his brother, Robert F. Kennedy. And I don't know, like when I started reading this stuff, you guys, a part of me was like, God, I really hope they had a threesome. Like, I really hope she like did them both at the same time, you know, but um but that that's me. Like, that's just the way that my fucking brain works. Uh, the rumors first started about Monroe and JFK after she sang a super sultry, happy birthday, Mr. President, at his 45th birthday celebration at Medicine Square Garden on May 19th, 1962, just months before her death. Um, it was allegedly reported that she was going to hold a press conference giving the uh, dirty details about her relationships with both the Kennedy brothers. And a witness claimed to have heard a disturbing tape from Monroe's bugged home the night of her death. And the voices were her, Peter Lawford, whom first introduced Monroe and JFK in 1954. The other voices were Bobby Kennedy and then a screaming Marilyn Monroe. A supposed suicide squad went to investigate Monroe's death, but according to biographer Summers, both the forensic work and police investigations were hopelessly flawed. Nobody ever interviewed uh, the, her publicist, Pat Newcomb, Peter Lawford, nor either Kennedy brother. Um, but we all know that, you know, with enough money, you can buy an alibi. 
fire feeling the theory that the Kennedys were allegedly involved is that a few people close to her investigation were later given high-profile jo jobs, such as publicist Newcomb, who never spoke about her death, was awarded a job in the U.S. Information Agency just six months later, like six months right after Marilyn Monroe died. She was awarded this this um this job. And so, and I don't know why Robert Kennedy wasn't involved, but Marilyn was pretty known for having to, you know, like she, she had to take sleeping pills and then, um, she would get pretty drunk at parties. So she probably had a case of loo loose lips too. God knows I fucking suffer from that. That's why I get drunk and I do this fucking podcast because it's like so much fucking easier. But, um, Marilyn suffered from depression uh, so she took a lot of medications for that. One of the reasons her last marriage didn't last is because she couldn't get pregnant. She kept having miscarriages and her last pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy, which is um, the pregnancy wasn't in her uterus. It was closer to her fallopian tubes or in the fallopian tube. And after her 36th birthday, she started feeling as though she wasn't beautiful anymore. Um, she no longer allowed close-ups on her films. And if there were close-ups, They'd use like a fuck ton of filters to make her face prettier, make it look younger. Um, and then during what would have been her last film, Something's Got to Give with Dean Martin, um, one of the characters of like the Rat Pack with, uh, fuck, what's his name? What's his name? Blue Eyes. The Rat Pack. What's his name? He sings My Way. My Way. Oh, fuck. Frank Sinatra. Sorry. Uh, so during what would have been her last film, Marilyn handled, uh, you know, like she hardly showed up on set because she'd mixed sleeping pills with alcohol. And on August 4th, 1962, the day prior to her death, she spent the evening with Joe DiMaggio, DiMaggio, her second husband, talking about possibly rekindling their relationship. So she spent the day in a great mood, although her manager did recall that she was annoyed and slightly moody earlier that day. So let's get to the weird stuff. On August 5th, 1962, at 4.25 a.m., LAPD gets a call from, Monroe, from Monroe's position that she's dead. On the night of her death, she was supposed to go to a dinner party, but decided to stay home instead. At 7.30 p.m., uh, Peter Lawford says Monroe called him and said, say goodbye to the president. Uh, per the autopsy, though, she died between 8.30 and 10.30 p.m. on um, August 4th. Her housekeeper went to check on her, but she couldn't get into her room, so she went around the house and then looked through the window to find Marilyn nude, laying on her tummy on her bed. And um, if you guys don't know this or you guys have never seen someone OD on something, uh, normally during it, an overdose, your body cramps up and your body like vomit, you know, like you vomit what you took. Um, your body's trying to like get rid of that so that you don't die. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's just a, um, a survival mechanism that your body's, you know, doing. Um, but she wasn't like, she was just like laying comfortably. Like, so it looked like her body was posed. Um, one theory is that she took a lot of her pills and called Lawford to say goodbye uh, there was no suicide note, um, but coroner's report showed that she took about 47 uh, nebutrol capsules, but
but there was no evidence in her stomach to prove that she had taken any orally. Her body was posed on the bed, like I said earlier. Uh, key forensic evidence went missing. Everyone interviewed contradicted each other, and their stories kept changing. The housekeeper and her psych psychiatrist, Greenson, gave her a uh, barbitual to calm her down. Uh, barbiturate, sorry, to calm her down, and it probably mixed badly with her medications. That's like one theory. Um, but the housekeeper, this is a weird fact, the housekeeper was doing laundry when the police arrived to her home. So, um, let's see. So, in the 70s, rumors surfaced that she was murdered, um, and then the LA County DA, John Vandekamp, assigned Ronald Mike Carroll to conduct a investigation which in 90, 1982 was called a thresh, thresh, threshold investigation, sorry. Uh, he worked for almost three months, conducted a 30-page report, and found no supporting evidence in 1983. Thomas Noguchi published his memoirs on Monroe's death, and he discussed that Marilyn may have administered an enema, and that was why her stomach was empty. And as I've spoken before on my previous podcast, an enema, which... Um, <laughs> is an enema is an anal douche you guys okay um <laughs> sorry uh so like looking at all the evidence and everything that i learned um i do believe it may have been an act accidental suicide because she'd been taking these sleeping pills for fucking years you guys you know you you take all these sleeping sedatives and so you know you're very well of the dangers of taking all of these sedatives at once and then taking them with alcohol you know reports were also uh taken from friends and colleagues that she had often expressed emotions and opinions of dying giving up and she had actually already attempted suicide before but you know she ended up calling for help and she was rescued so I don't know, like, looking at all of the evidence, looking at everything that I read, looking at the autopsy report, which I thoroughly read, you guys. Um, I honestly, I believe it was an accidental suicide. Like, you know, I think maybe, maybe she wasn't exactly planning to do it, but, but she did it. You know, I think that maybe the phone call to Peter Lawford at 7.30 p.m. was her way of being like, say goodbye to the president, you know. But a lot of the times when you're drunk and you're feeling good, like you end up doing things that you don't even like. Maybe she was blackout drunk, you know, like maybe she didn't know that she had called him. Maybe she was just doing that. I mean, there's so many different things. You, We never really know what's going through someone's head whenever they decide to end their life, unfortunately. Um, and I just, I do want to reach out and give the suicide hotline phone number. So if you or anyone you know is thinking about doing this, please do not. The world will always miss you, whether it's a year from now, 10 years from now, you're going to be missed. The phone number is 800-273-8255. And they have an official website and you can actually talk to a counselor by via chat. Like you don't actually have to call and talk to them. You can just chat with them um, like you would an IM message or Facebook messenger. Okay. Like you don't have to go through this alone. You really do not.
Wow, you dirty sluts. It's been a blast and a lot of work, but as always, I must bid you adieu. Please, so we can go back to being dirty heathens, wear a mask and wash your hands. Bye.